found on the front of your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31a. One body with many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with great honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Audrey gave you the instruction. She said, think of one gift that you have. And don't let that gift be humility in this question. Say, oh, I don't even want to think about it. So Others have so many more gifts than I do. The gift of humility is unacceptable at this moment. So think of that gift you have. Are you using it to the glory of God? Are you using it in the, the body of Christ? How are you using that gift in your life? And is it for God? Lord, we thank you for the gift of your church and for the fact that you give us so many gifts to be your church. Teach us this day what it means to be your people, to be gifted for a purpose. Teach us what it means to be in the body of Christ. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We seem to be living in a day where popularity has become popular. Where fame and even infamy are important to people. This is no new thing. In my day, the school cafeteria had the A-table. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The one where all the popular kids sat? Hollywood has the A-listers and B-movies. So many people spend hundreds, if not thousands of hours of their lives searching for that one treasure beyond all other treasures. That video that will go viral. It's on so many people's bucket lists. To make a video that will go viral. Then I've made it. Then I've done something I have accomplished. Their greatest goal in life to become a social media influencer. I was watching a video the other day. They asked the child, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a social influencer. Well, folks, so do I, and so should you as a Christian, but I don't think that's what she meant. To get their own unreal reality TV show to be the next American Idol, to get that next rose, to be seen, to be noticed, to be the center of attention is all that matters because it makes you matter. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. In the Apostle Paul's day, it was slave or free, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, and even who has more spiritual gifts. Now, we Christians can turn anything into a competition, can't we? Who's got the most gifts? Who has more than others? Who has the most powerful spiritual gifts? In our day, who has the most likes, the most followers, the most subscribers, the prestige, the paycheck? Unless we judge too harshly or too quickly, these divisions, these self-seeking and self-absorbing ways is certainly found in the church. It is found in the hearts of pastors envying the pulpits of so-called big steeple churches. It is found in the hearts of clergy and laity alike who envy the giftedness of others. I love this story. Brian Volk, don't have a clue who he is, but you give credit where it's due, Brian Volk tells a story 
about such a church person. Obviously a brave man because this church person was and is his wife. His wife was lamenting how little she seemed to be doing in life. Other people were learning languages and becoming missionaries to foreign lands. Other Jesus followers were saving children from human trafficking and starting nonprofits, opening Christian counseling centers, and you could hear it in every word she said. She felt like her life just didn't measure up. She trusted a church friend, another treasure of the church. She trusted a church friend with these thoughts and feelings. And her friend took her words seriously. Her friend prayed a quick prayer and finally said, Human trafficking, missionaries, nonprofits, all those things are important. But we are all part of the body of Christ. And we all have a role, however small. So what if you're the nose hair? You're there for a purpose. You may not have any idea what good you are doing, but it's still your job to be a nose hair in the body of Christ. Okay, I'm not so sure how reassuring those words were. But we can all relate to them because it is real life. Someone else gets that promotion, that break in life, that something good thing that always seems to go to someone else always passing us by. We forget such an amazing thing. We forget that we are children of God, children of the Creator of worlds, with direct access to the One who hung the suns and stars in space, the One who calls us sons and daughters. To be liked by hundreds of thousands, even millions, or to be loved by one, the Lord our God. That's not even a choice for me. Talk about prestige. Talk about power. Talk about a purpose for life that is worth living. As someone who has served God in the church now for two-thirds of his life, let me tell you this. Most of us have in our lifetimes been in a th three-legged race. People with four legs have to work together to run on three legs. There's a lot of stumbling and lurching and even falling down. 
And you know, when every time I read these words of Paul, that is the image that comes to my mind. The church is one body, but sometimes we stumble along and we lurch along and we still keep trying to get to that finish line that Paul's always talking about. Sometimes the body of Christ can seem like a Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head with all kinds of missing parts or parts that seem not to fit or parts that are in the wrong spot. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. You did that too. You stuck an ear in the nose place. And it certainly can seem sometimes that we are stumbling along on three legs. And most miraculously of all, it works. Coordinated or not, good looking or not, whether we are an eye, a hand, or a nose hair, Paul says that all of us who follow Jesus are part of one body, and all of us essential to our bodies working. The thinkers need the doers. The action people need the prayer warriors. We need ushers and bookkeepers. We need quiet listeners and people who know how to throw loud parties. People with wisdom. People with a different view of the world. People who will sing the hokey pokey song in front of everybody. People who are servants. And people who are servant leaders. Together, we are a miracle. Living proof. Living witnesses to the power of the Holy Spirit to unite in spite of all the things that could threaten to divide us. We are the miracle of God because we are greater together. We are more together than, we, than when we are apart. You know, there are many other descriptions of the church in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3 compares the church to a field and to a building. Ephesians 5 compares the church to a bride. And there are several other comparisons throughout the Bible. In them all, the church is like this or like that. But here in this passage, Paul says the church is the body of Christ. Not is like, but is the body of Christ. We are the body. As a great theologian once said, Sometimes we're the windshield and sometimes we're the bug. As a church member once told me, sometimes we're the hydrant and sometimes we're the dog. But 
as the Lord our God says. We stumbling, lurching, trying our best, sometimes successful, sometimes not, sometimes glorious, and sometimes not. Always loved. Always God's child. And always part of this beautiful, stumbling body. This living, breathing miracle that God uses to make disciples and to transform the world. It is a great treasure in my life. The body of Christ. You. Amen.